0: And welcome, this is the Common Sense Talk. My name is Jasper and you're watching Common Sense TV. Um, And in the Common Sense Talk, i always inviting a special guest who has done something great. Most of the time, not allowed to talk. But in this case, case, the guy next to me invited himself. Hmm. So let's introduce him. And he's all the way over from Canada. Chris, give me a hand. Welcome to the Common Sense Studio. Thank you very much. Um, And in this... This is just a regular talk because we want to know everything what you have been doing and why you're sitting here is because everybody needs to know it. In in Canada, you're quite famous, I guess. Infamous, Infamous. is more of the word. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, normally we're doing this in Dutch, but because your Dutch is not great, my English is... I I only know one phrase in Dutch, and it's uh, "dirty." (laughs) (laughs) Maybe later on, then. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just as I told you, we're always inviting a guest who needs to talk, and that's why Chris is in the Common Sense Studio. Chris is uh, from Canada. He has he has his own restaurant. Uh, As we know in Holland, we have the same measurements by the government. And in that period in Canada there was a a trucker convoy and Chris uh, made some uh, live videos, live streams from that uh, uh, convoy and there are things all happening around it. So first of all, it's Christmas, uh, Chris. Let's Mm -hmm. have a toast.
1: Ah, I did
0: it right this time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to y'all. Merry Christmas. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're in Europe now, so you should drink wine. I'm doing my best. So, Chris, tell me what's what's been happening. How how did you came um, in in middle of center of the picture? How how what started it?
1: Well, it's a long story, but I'll make it short. So, I spent 20 years of my life uh, from 2000 till 2019 ish in the energy industry. Uh, I worked developing Alberta's oil and gas. Uh, I worked overseas in Colombia kind of doing the same thing and as you know the energy industry has been under attack for years mm-hmm. right it's you know it's probably the number 1 target on the climate agenda and fossil I, fuels yeah fossil fuels yeah uh, not even fossil fuels but hydrocarbons mm-hmm. um, so I went through periods where I was really prosperous and then I'd broke and I was really pos- prosperous and broke and it was mostly to do with government policy and this at this time it was just about money so I kind of like figured well wow, it is what it is. We just have to prepare for the bad times and and be happy for the good times. So it got to, to the point where I decided, you know what, uh, I'm out of this. I don't want to deal with this anymore. My industry is under attack. I'm going to find something else to do. So I thought, I'll have more time with my family if I buy a restaurant. Okay. Yeah, and that was the not, not accurate. That's not how that works. <laughs> so I bought a, a restaurant with a gas station and a convenience store and an RV park all in one. Okay. And that was my new thing. And oh, I, where is that? That's in a little town called Mirror, Alberta. And okay. I bought that in July, July 9th,
0: 2019. Okay. Yeah. So that's a bit, I know the story already, but that's a bit before the COVID measures came in. Yeah. And the same thing in Holland, the restaurants were really screwed up by the government. They had to close up. How was that in Canada?
1: Yeah, it was the same, you know, like in Canada, I don't know what the statistics are here, but. Only 30% of restaurants in Canada make it past their third year. Mm-hmm. 30%. That's it. It's a hard industry. Um, there's not a lot of money, and you got to work really hard. So I worked six months in this industry, of which I was new at, and then the government told me that I had to close my doors. I couldn't allow my customers to come eat. And at that time, I was kind of like, well, freaked out. Yeah. Because we saw pictures of people falling dead in the street in China. The government was saying how this was going to kill everybody, and I was like, ooh, we- wow, this is kind of freaky. So I just, you know, this is life. I followed the rules. I did what I had to do. Faith in
0: government. Yeah. Uh,
1: I wore my stupid breathing barrier when I went out sometimes, not all the time. But I I do want to point out that through this, the beginning part of this, before we really knew what was going on, Mm -hmm. before we had any historical data to look at, um, I wore that breathing barrier so much that there came a time when I went out and I actually felt uncomfortable not wearing it. So even me... Who they call me an anti vaxxer and an anti masker, neither I'm um, neither of which. Even I had a feeling that I was addicted to this thing that the government told me to put on my face. So that is a real thing for, for everybody, not just uh, the people that we see today that are wearing
0: You feel naked when you didn't wear
1: it. You feel naked and you're uncomfortable and yeah, it was it was a really weird feeling. And kind of it was at that point where I ditched that thing because I knew that was a problem. Okay. Right? If I don't feel like a human being because I don't have something covering my face, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And I need to deal with it. So I dealt with it. So anyway, for the first year, we were open and closed, open and closed, probably same as in Holland. And it was, it seemed very arbitrary. We weren't seeing things happen. The China videos were turned out to be a hoax. And we kind of had a picture of what this pandemic looked like. And it wasn't what the government said. Very apparent. As a matter of fact... As in numbers who came up
0: in hospitals, yes. the whole deal... Okay.
1: Yeah, and in addition, we kept on catching the government in lies about coronavirus. Mm-hmm. One of them was, they were talking about how the first uh, child died from COVID. Yeah. And there, was, the news was all over it, and it was a big story, and pulled people's heartstrings. And then I saw the, the boy's... He was a 14-year-old boy. I saw his sister post on Facebook saying... No, he had a brain tumor. Oh. Our government used a family's tragedy and framed it in such
0: a manner so that people would believe what they were saying. So, And everything with that story and everything that you uh, recognized and didn't came out as at all, there was a switch? Or how do I see that? Around
1: six months after is when I really got an idea that something, this was totally wrong. And really, it started, the first two weeks, I was still, I was actually posting, hey, you know, be careful when you go out, don't, if you say, don't go to the grocery store and touch something, because you could, an old person will touch it, and then someone loses their grandma because you got sick. So I was... Felling in the propaganda. Yeah. Well, I was believing what I was seeing around me at the time. I was a product of my environment. Mm-hmm. But as time went on, we got more and more information. My feelings started to change to the point where that December, um... I was already starting to think, like, we're never doing this again. Mm-hmm. If we, if the government locks us down, I'm not doing it. And my premier, Jason Kenney, at the time of Alberta, he went on TV and he apologized. I said, we're sorry. The government should never decide which businesses are essential, which aren't. We'll never do that to you again. Okay. We're here for you. We're all in this together. Blah, blah, blah. Talk that sounds great. And-, and I was cheering for him. You're yeah. like, yes. Yeah. You, you ruined our lives and killed people for <laughs> this many months. But... Thank you for doing the right thing, and it renewed my faith in government, renewed my faith in our politicians. Everything's going to be okay. Somebody's coming to save us. Mm-hmm. A week later, he went back on TV, maybe a week, and a, a week and a day, and he said, Oh, due to the increase in numbers in ICU, blah, 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 we're going to have to put restrictions on business again, and closing restaurants, closing gyms, and I was just hell no. flabbergasted and steaming mad, because we saw that it wasn't what they said it was. yeah. We did what they said for the two weeks plus almost another year. It wasn't successful, and they're telling us that we have to continue doing it. And I'm like, no, I'm not following a government into a path of destruction.
0: So that was the the red line for you. That like, hell no, I'm not going to continue this. But
1: oh, just like most people, I'm a chicken. Okay, right. So I who wants to stand up against the government? Not very many people. It's a scary thing to do. They're very powerful. They have very powerful, powerful friends, influence. They they hold our lives in their hand. Everything that every part of our life is regulated or controlled by the government. So you were hesitating to speak out? I, I was. I mean, at this point, I was speaking out a little bit, Okay. kind of shyly. But I closed my restaurant, and I said to my sister and my staff, I said, if they keep this going, we're opening. Yeah. And I was at the point where I couldn't afford to do it. I would have lost my restaurant. Yeah. So this, this month went by, and our chief medical officer of health at the time, Dina Hinshaw, went on Facebook Live, and she said, well, you know, the numbers are coming down, it's working, but we need another week. And I thought, oh my goodness. <laughs> and I, I did it anyway. I, I, I stayed yeah. closed. And the week went by and she came back on TV and she said, oh, well, the numbers are rising and we don't have an end in sight. Uh, just stay tuned. We don't really know what we're going to do. And I said, no, that is bullshit. I, it's one thing for the government to say they have a plan. Mm-hmm. Then we can choose whether or not we're going to believe them, Right. It's another thing for the government to say, we have no plan. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what we're doing. And we're going to continue to impact your lives in a way that kill your prosperity. I said, no, screw that. I told my staff, we're opening tomorrow. We prepared. I started making social media posts. And how
0: did that work out?
1: Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine what it's like to be the only restaurant in a province open? I can imagine. People were driving... It was common for people to be driving six hours across Alberta to come support us at a restaurant. Not just because they wanted to go to a restaurant, but because they were supporting somebody standing up and speaking out against what the government was doing. Okay.
0: Because nobody was doing it. And everybody had the same feeling. This this isn't correct. We're, gonna, mm-hmm. we're, we're being screwed by our government. Yep. And there's this restaurant owner who's been saying, oh, I'm opening the gates. These guests come in. Exactly. And people came in to support.
1: It, they sure did. It was like opening the floodgates. People were driving four hours, six hours. Some yeah. people drove 20 hours. I from saw the helicopters. helicopters came in. Helicopters were <laughs> lying. Three <laughs>
0: helicopters, then people coming out. Yeah, and then an airplane
1: landed on the highway to come get a hot chocolate and give a, a, a $50 tip. Oh,
0: man, that, that's uh,
1: heartwarming, I guess. It was amazing. So what I learned from that was, okay, well... You know, Canadians, we do have an identity. Albertans have an identity. And that identity is when somebody is standing up and doing the right thing, Mm -hmm. they're supported. People will rally behind them because that's what we do as human beings. So I started learning that at this point. Another thing that happened was because of the damage that had been done to everybody for the previous year, a lot of those people who had horrible stories of uh, adverse. Uh, adverse effects of the restrictions themselves mm-hmm. were coming to me because I was the, well I should say I was one of the only ones that was standing up there was a, another a gym owner you should look it up Rebecca Ingram is her name uh, she's actually the landmark case in Alberta right now over all of this stuff okay. she opened her gym and said screw you guys we're, we're opening we're going to
0: have a workout to be fit yeah
1: if it's about health then let's focus on health right anyway um,
0: where was I uh, people came in from all over the place to ah, support
1: you and they started sharing their stories and you've heard the stories. By now, lots of people have heard the stories. They're heartbreaking. Yeah. Things that did not have to happen had the government looked at this in a holistic um, uh, context instead of just micromanaging this one thing. It's like the climate crusade. Yeah. The only thing that's important right now is we must be net zero at all costs. And we've seen the cost. We must uh, eliminate COVID at all costs. And that, for me, was... What, what costs, what costs are all costs? Like, are, is it okay if we break up families? Is it okay if we kill people? That's what I mean. Yeah. Is it okay if old people die alone in the nursing home or just give up because they've been locked in the room for a year and a half? Yeah. What costs are we okay with? And how can you say at all costs? Um, so yeah, I heard those stories and I had some conversations with, with close friends and my family at the time. And I had said like, we can't stop. We cannot stop because there's so much riding on this. It's way more than just my restaurant, way more than my business. And so there came a time where I had to um, weigh the pros and cons, and I had to accept the fact that my restaurant was so insignificant, my business was insignificant, my income was so insignificant, that I had to put it on the line and risk all of that in order to try and do something. to Give people, maybe give other people the courage to do the same thing so we'd rally together and fix something. So I never stopped. Um, the cops came all the time. Mm. The health inspectors came all the time with the police. Yeah, I
0: wanted, I, I, I wanted to ask you, because if you're going against the regulations, you get some authority over your with in your restaurant, saying, "Hey, Chris, this is not what what you should do." Yeah. How many times did it come in? I lost count. Yeah, they
1: were in there all the time. Well, and it's disappointing. Times, three times, ten no, times, probably two or three dozen times. Here we are. A lot, a lot. And, yeah, there was – and the funny thing is, the contravening the Public Health Act, which is what I'm charged with, is the same level as a speeding ticket. It's the same level as, like, jaywalking or uh, – A minor, minor a, thing. Littering, yeah. yeah. it's a t- It's a ticket. And the amount of enforcement that was spent on me and others doing the same thing in my province – was likely enough to feed all of the homeless in Alberta for three years. They spent millions of dollars. So there was lots of enforcement coming up, telling me, you gotta stop or we're gonna do this. And I'd say, I don't care, do what you gotta do. You're wrong, I'm right. Yeah. And it came down to uh, the health services in Alberta, Alberta Health Services, showed up one morning at 5.30, 5.30 a.m. when I wasn't there. And they put a chain on the door of my business. And there's a video of that. Lock, locked it. Locked it. They seized my business. Um, it's interesting to note that they didn't allow me to secure the business before they did that. And I was broken into and I lost, I don't know, probably ten or $12,000 of cigarettes out of my store, plus a door, plus, you know, all these things. But anyway. So they seized my building. And it was locked up. So now it was, okay, well, what do I do? There's not much I can do. I could cut the lock off, go to jail. Or I can fight this through the courts. I chose the courts. Maybe that was right. Maybe it was wrong. But that's the path I took. And I took a little bit of time to relax, catch my breath. Because now I didn't have a job. Right? And uh, actually, you know what? No, that's not true. When they chained the business, I spent the next two weeks barbecuing and cooking outside. Mm -hmm. People showed up. They brought uh, propane tanks. And they brought food and we just set up a restaurant on my patio and we started doing burgers if and it's breakfast. not inside we're gonna do it outside we did it outside every um, single day um, and the health authorities continued to come and they'd show up and they're just like
0: what the thinking what, what are we gonna do <laughs> <today>? <laughs> we don't have those rules
1: yeah so they were pretty upset with me they're 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 pretty upset and i i am the timeline's getting blurry now because so much has happened yeah. since then but
0: it But the, the, this was the start that Chris came out and said, listen up, this is wrong. The authorities came over at the floor saying, Chris is a bad guy, you should uh, should close up. You should sit at home and watch telly and do exactly what our government is telling you. Yeah, and they
1: went on the news and they called me a rebel and a scofflaw. And they said that I was a super spreader and I was causing harm to Alberta. A judge in his uh, verbal submission, and I should call it a submission because he was entering evidence... He said that I had caused irreparable, irreparable harm to the people of Alberta with zero evidence. There wasn't one shred of evidence that I ever harmed anybody except for the ego of the government. Yeah. So the government was saying these things about me, and they turned a lot of people against me. There's people in my province who literally want me to die. They, there's there's one person in my hometown. used to be a friend of mine. They were supportive when I first got the restaurant. And she said to some other friends of mine that I should be drugged out into the street and shot because of my beliefs because of what I was doing
0: and, and instead of uh, in, in difficult times, uh, a government should bind people together instead of readying them up. Yeah. But they, they turn us against each other. So we forget who the
1: real adversary is. Yeah. I keep on doing this as probably in the microphone. Uh, <laughs> don't worry about it. So somehow in all of this, I was, my business was chain shot. Yeah. Um, and, Restaurants were opened again for dine-in services in that period of time. I was chained shut for six weeks, and then I think maybe they did it again. They closed restaurants again, and I said, "This is horseshit. We are going to hold the biggest province or province, the biggest protest this province has ever seen." And of course, it wasn't the biggest protest, but it was like a plus four degree rainy muddy summer so weekend. all
0: uh, everything against what nature can bring was against you was moment. against me yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: and yet yeah thousands of people okay came to that thousands and the news will say hundreds the the uh, dense. the police will say oh 600 but you look on the video my town is a town of 500 people mm-hmm. my business is on uh i have total of I think it's eight acres on the highway. Yeah, and my entire parking lot was full. The grass was full. The county property to the north of my business was full. Yeah. Uh, The field across the street, there was hundreds of cars parking to support and guns everywhere. Yeah, lining the streets of my five hundred person town, Um, I had campers and motorhomes parked in my parking lot. Everybody was camping there because they wanted to be there and support me in this protest, so I didn't get arrested. And the reason they were worried that I was going to get arrested is because after I put out that I was going to do this protest, Mm -hmm. restrictions are back on. You can't have more than 10 people outside. Gathering. Outside. Yeah. You have to (laughs) wear masks. You have to be six feet or whatever, right? Um, Alberta Health Services went to a judge. And his name, you can look this guy up. He's an interesting uh, past. As a matter of fact, he's one of the... People that helped form Alberta Health Services okay. when they started. Yeah, his name is Associate Chief Justice John Rook, okay. and he's uh, lovingly referred to now as Rook the Crook. Mm. AHS went to John, uh, Chief Justice Rook, and got an injunction against me that said I couldn't organize, promote, attend, or
0: incite any illegal gatherings. Uh, but, um, but is it illegal because in the Dutch law system, that's one of our basic rights, how is that in Canada? protest a protest. Yeah? And peacefully can, assemble. A, a get, a, a for gathering, it doesn't matter if it's for a football a soccer club or for a church or somewhere on the street, yep. gathering is a gathering.
1: So we're protected in three ways in Canada, or at least we thought we were. Yeah, uh, We have the right to protest. Mm. We have the right to peaceful assembly. And we have the freedom of expression. Yeah. Uh, Contrary to popular belief, there is not such a thing as freedom of speech in Canada. Mm, We have a freedom to express ourselves, through speech or art or whatever. Anyway, those three things, those are my constitutional rights. And my opinion is, if you're going to try and take my constitutional rights, you better damn well go to court and prove that it's justified beforehand because I'm not giving them up for anybody. I don't Mm. care if you're a policeman, a judge, a lawyer. I really don't give a shit. Those are my rights and Mm. you're not taking them. But they took them from me. Yeah. So they went to this judge and they got this injunction and the injunction, get this, it said, the respond, uh, respondents, I think it's called, was John and Jane Doe in Alberta. Every man, woman, and child in Alberta was named in this injunction. Everybody, 4.5 million people. Um, me, my company, the company that I bought the company from, uh, Glenn Carrot and, uh, there was a couple other names on there. But it named every person in Alberta. And AHS got that injunction without anybody representing the respondents. They told the judge that they weren't aware that I had a lawyer or mm. of, of of any lawyer that I had. But, but they had talked to them in an email the day before. And they got so an in front lied. of a judge. They lied. That's they lied. They lied saying that if they didn't get the injunction I was gonna kill everyone in Alberta, harm everyone. That was a lie. Because you were breathing. Because I was breathing, it was a lie that I didn't have a lawyer, and yet this judge signed an injunction and put these this on everybody. So anybody who had more than ten people in their home could go to be arrested, and go to jail okay. at this point. So this was big news, international news. Uh, people were paying attention because now what is going on in Alberta? Well, what what happened?
0: Yeah, with our uh, our our court system. Yeah. yeah, where where is justice? How yeah. is this
1: justice? So that happened. And I said, well,
0: how can I do this legally? Because I didn't want to go to jail. Um, should, if you think about our basic rights, there, there must be a law that you can speak up to, uh, to this kind of things. Well, unfortunately,
1: in, in this case, there wasn't for me, or at least they ignored it. So I did the, uh, I shouldn't say the best I could. I took steps to try and follow the injunction. I pulled my advertising, which also made it so less people came. Um, I told people that were coming that, hey, you got to follow the rules because of this injunction. I don't want anyone arrested. I want our message out, but I want to do it lawfully, and I want to do it peacefully. Mm -hmm. So I took steps to try and follow this stupid injunction. Of course, it wasn't successful because so many people were there. Um, We had speakers from... All sorts of speakers who were involved in the freedom movement Yeah, uh, brought a big stage in. We had bands. We had uh, Adam Skelly from Adamson Barbecue in Ontario. Look that name up. He's, okay. he's the guy that did this in Ontario with his barbecue place. Okay. said, I'm not complying. Um, they chained his door shut. He went in the building beside it and took a, a axe or a sledgehammer and broke through the wall and went in his restaurant and started cooking and flung doors open. And he was arrested by police on horses that trampled protesters. So anyway, he was there. Uh, everybody in the freedom movement was there. And it was awesome. It was an amazing time. Even though it was rainy and miserable and muddy. But, alas, on that Saturday, May 8th, um, I got a phone call from the chief of police who was there. Um, and I had told him that morning, listen, if you go to arrest me, phone me, and I will come and have a conversation with you where there's not people because I didn't want anything bad to happen. Okay. So he phoned me and I went and got arrested. But you wouldn't believe the amount of police there yeah there was uh there had to be i don't know 20 cop cars there was probably 40 police officers body cams they had the great big drones flying around they had um buses and i think two or three more dozen police cruisers lined up in the next town they had riot like you it was insane what was going on. overpower overpower overpower. so many police and they've all got their body cams and they're videoing and Anyway, I got arrested, went to jail. They left me in the drunk tank for four days, which is not right. No no toothbrush, no contacts, no change of clothes, no anything, lights on 24 hours a day. I'm like, what the heck's going on here? This is, what are they trying to do? But anyway, um, my only regret for this whole thing is I signed release conditions, saying that I would follow the rules to get out on bail. Wish I never did, but at the (laughs) time it was what advice was given to me, so I did. Anyway, so that's uh, up until I went to jail, and since then I've been activist, advocate uh, in court like it's it's been bonkers <laughs> and now here i am in Holland
0: yeah so like nine or ten days ago i received a message from Canada of, hi i'm Chris i'm coming to the Netherlands i'm at the airport and at 10 o'clock 11 o'clock the next day on Thursday you were in the airport and i live close to the airport so I'll, let me pick you up and bring you to the hotel and you were telling me I don't have a hotel. <laughs> yeah. So Chris was sleeping uh, all the time here, except you went for a couple of nights. To Friesland. Yeah. You are it. You closed our relationship. And you went to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just you know if you love <laughs> someone you gotta let them go. <laughs> So, and, and then we came, you came here, but why, why you wanted to come to the Netherlands? For what? Because I watched
1: what the Dutch people were doing when we were in our convoy in Canada. What did you saw then? I the- saw Dutch people doing convoys here and on overpasses and lining highways, holding Canadian flags mm-hmm. and backing the people in Canada who were fighting for their rights. And... That that's always stuck with me. I was so proud of that. Like this is across the world, and people are paying attention. They know what's going on, and there are we're not crazy in Canada. Like our prime minister says, we're not a small fringe minority. There's people all across this world who believe in freedom, and I saw that, and it really stuck with me. And then a few weeks ago, I saw the pictures of the the tractors getting flipped with excavators, and I thought, what the heck is going on? Netherlands, they're a democracy. They're a peaceful country. They barely even have an army. And yet these farmers are trying to stand up for their rights against this globalist agenda mm. and the government is flipping them over? So I thought, well, I got to go. And I just, uh, I had no money. Mm. I somehow happened to find uh, a $641 ticket, airplane ticket. And
0: it was a dollar. Canadian dollars.
1: Mm, a dollar for the ticket, $640 in taxes so that, and fees. That, that's
0: about 500 euros of tickets.
1: Little, little less than that, yeah, for 50, something like that. But it was really cheap. Yeah. All I paid really was the taxes and fees. Um, the people at home, they kind of did a pass the hat, and they sent me here with a few hundred euros in case I needed a place to stay or whatever. But I just had the, the attitude that I was just going to come here on faith and try and get some information and show people back home what's going on here. Because if, what, if I'm here and I'm talking to you folks here and videoing things and I'm sending that back home, it's a real person that they know that they've met, and th- what's happening. Showing here, what's happening, it becomes real in Canada. It's not just through the news or through a Facebook post. Now it's real because I'm right here and I'm asking the questions. And uh, I knew within the freedom movement, we're very accepting of each other. We trust each other. We're, we're like we 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 love each other before we even meet each other because that's how we are. We're human beings. So I, I was quite confident that I would meet people who would at least point me in the right direction here. And that's exactly what's happened since I've been here. Um, what I thought was happening has been, I mean, it's a fact, mm-hmm. right? I've learned that what's happening here is exactly what they want to do in Canada, which was another reason I came because I know it's coming there. And uh,
0: how do you broadcast? Because uh, how do you let people know? Uh, what platform do you do that? Oh, I, I just do it on
1: Facebook. Okay. It's just Facebook. I'm on the, the, It's the Whistle Stop Cafe. And if you're looking for it, you have to look for the Whistle Stop Cafe Mirror, Alberta, because there's lots of Whistle Stop cafes. Which, by the way, I don't know if I told you this, but um, what that means is a small, unimportant town on a railway. That's what a Whistle Stop is. Okay. Back in the steam engine days, they needed to get water or coal or whatever every Somewhere nine miles out. or Somewhere. so. Somewhere. So they just had these little tiny towns. They were called the Whistle Stop. Totally unimportant. That's what I am. I'm totally unimportant. And
0: uh, you were maybe. But well now I, I,
1: I still am in the grand, grand scheme of things. I'm a nobody, uh, whatever, but I'm doing everything I can to try and get information out and try and make a difference. So that's I hope that encourages people that you can do stuff even if you're a whistle stop, you
0: know. So via Facebook, you're doing live streams and explaining stuff to the people who are following for this and up. I found out this and this and this. Mm-hmm. for example.
1: Exactly, yeah. We try and do some, uh, have some viewer interaction. It's hard, though, of course, because it's hard to read the comments on that thing. On screen. Yeah, so, something I should point out, and I fail to do this all the time, but if I hadn't had another organization uh, come and help me and stand up for me, I wouldn't have lasted a week. Which organization was it? Those Rebel News.
0: Uh, that's a Canadian platform yeah
1: Canadian mm-hmm. I they say alternative news but I don't think it's alternative anymore
0: but, 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 but the we're saying common sense of is the alternative news that's I guess uh that's that's what the general p- Public is using I rather use the new news mm-hmm. or the extra news because the mainstream media is just this narrative story and we're bringing the other side or the extra side on it what you're supposed to know to have the whole story and make up your own opinion on your own mind and the, on that your own choices and when you've to- been totally informed then you can make the right choice exactly knowledge is power and if you if you if
1: you're confused you lose. Yeah. And that's what's happened in the last 50 years to us. We've been confused about everything and we lost. In
0: Holland, there are several platforms. Common Sense is not even the biggest one, but we're growing fast. Um, and there are several. We've been, during this, your stay in Holland, you've been in, uh, in, in the studio for one, for one of the biggest uh, platforms. Uh, but we're growing really fast. And that's the only way. It's not that we wanna have this or we wanna do this but we think it's necessary and, and, and we're doing this for the our viewers because they wanna know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And we're the new media, we're journalists, we're able to speak up to the uh, informers next to the ministers and, and listen up. We've got some questions. We're going to case courts and, uh, and speak to them from, we wanna put a camera in it because we wanna show that the uh, ju- justice system isn't what we thought of, and we're putting it on camera and showing it to the people. We're going on the street and asking people what what's their feeling and the how, 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 they're, how they're feeling and what they want to see as their future picture. And you can do that because you're not owned by the government. No, we That's want, the difference. It's we, either a state-owned or state-supported media. Or not it's also the mainstream media state most state of state uh uh, uh fin- financially supported or with major companies like like coca-cola or or shaving companies or 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 the big media big big tech these companies are are making commercials on that we don't want that on our platform we we're on ourselves, and if you want to support us you can do that via by donations or buying clothes for example, that's the way how we support and if we're bringing the good news and informing you and you're happy, yeah then uh, it, it's double And how much support we're getting and doing the right thing um, uh, uh, how bigger that we, we can grow and that's uh, that's our aim just make sure and, and that we're interfering in the mainstream media, taking off their viewers, make them Worth nothing mm-hmm. and taking over, yeah, it if may make, not, make them irrelevant. If they're not doing it, we're doing it exactly, and that, that's what Rebel News
1: is doing in Canada. And actually, they've moved to United States, Australia; they're they're all over the place now. Yeah, but what big, was, big. was really significant is they're a group of people who believe in civil liberties. Mm-hmm. So throughout this, I mean, for, for as long as I've known about them, they've been helping people. So what they did is they partnered with uh, an organization called the Democracy Fund. Okay. And they crowdfunded. And they paid all my legal fees. All my legal fees are paid. Actually, if all of my legal fees going forward are paid, I've been, they've guaranteed that to me. They've said, you put it all in the line for yourself and everybody else. We are going to take care of you and make sure that all your courts done. If they didn't do that, I would have been sunk. Yeah. And that's the way it's designed.
0: Well, it, it costs so much money. But then again, how, how heartwarming is it that people are supporting revenues via the platform and then supporting you and... And other people who are standing up it needs to be the of course because it's not like 10 euros or 10 canadian dollars this is a hundred thousand dollars that you need to spend for it and more yeah a regular person can't afford that mm-hmm. so i guess that's heartwarming or how do you feel about that it
1: is and throughout this whole thing like i said the canadian identity the alberta identity the human identity yep. is that when people need it other that's people support them they rally around them so they crowdfunded for my legal fees um at one point The the way I was purchasing this business was uh, I had to make payments to the previous owner, and then I was going to pay it out, so I had a lease to purchase. Um, The authorities went after her. Yeah. And in turn, she went after me and tried to evict me. And my only... I had two options. Give up, stop doing what I was doing, and keep running the business, or keep going and figure out a way to remove that weapon from AHS. People actually crowdfunded uh, close to $170,000 for me. Wow. And I was able to go to the landowner, the property owner and say, here, do up a new contract, get yourself off of this so that they can't come after you anymore. And we did that. The terms were horrible and I almost lost the place again because it was so expensive to do that, but I did it not caring that I might lose it because that was the way I could go forward. So we continued taking out of
0: all the pressure points and continue yep. your thing. For freedom. Yeah. Now, before that,
1: uh, people would ask me, oh, do a Give, Send, Go. Do a GoFundMe. People will support you. And everyone was doing that at that time. And I refused. I wouldn't do it. And it was...
0: Because it was shameful or you didn't no, want to have them bringing in or you went down? No, well, not, not because
1: it was shameful. Because it doesn't matter how... Mm, what's the word? Doesn't matter how right or (laughs) Uh, doesn't matter how virtuous your what your path is. Yeah. If you put a five dollar bill between you and somebody else, and you try and deliver a message, and the message is good, and it's a real message that they need to hear, they won't hear it because all they'll see is money. And I didn't want to be one of those people that had raised a bunch of money and their messages had got lost in money. So I didn't do it, even knowing that, hey, I probably need that because right. this is going to be a long road. I mean, we're fighting uh, uh, um, an enemy with an infinite amount.
0: And we're, we're only two weeks, which ended up now two or three years later.
1: Exactly. And it's still not over, which blows my mind. So people throughout this whole thing have really rallied against me. I've also seen the really depraved part of people, the evil part of people that, yeah. you know, they, they just, I don't know why they hate so much, but they hate. I felt it. I continue to feel it. They're busy. miserable
0: people. They're missing something in their life and they're protected on, on freedom people, I guess. Yeah. Or they're so misinformed
1: yeah. that they're unable to make uh, a proper decision on what should support. Right. That's another thing. Which is why I've always, not always, but why my path is taking me towards education and information. is because the more education, the more knowledge people have, the better decisions they can make about their own futures. And that's where we're at now. And that's why like, stuff like your channel in the Netherlands here is so important. And, and, and uh, non-state news in Canada is so important because we have to get that knowledge to people. Some people don't even know we have a problem. Yeah. And yet here we are in, in Holland and your farmers are, uh, I think the number is something like up to 3,000 maybe more farmers might lose their farms that because is. of uh, climate agenda policy that the
0: government is pushing on them that they don't want this is a problem correct correct let's go over to your journey to the netherlands you came you came here what have you been expecting and how was the netherlands treating you it's
1: been amazing uh i didn't really know what to expect i didn't i haven't really traveled abroad much the only other place i've been is colombia and it's obviously quite different yeah um but it's it's been awesome uh i'm really grateful that everyone most people here speak english that's Mm -hmm. nice and what I've found is if I, if I don't hear the accent, mm-hmm. I'm in Canada. We're, it's, it's just the same as in Canada. We have the same problems, the same solutions. People care about the same things like' it's, we're, there's really hardly any difference between our two societies and it's because we're all human beings and we're facing the same problems. like the pro- these problems we're facing are not from our governments. Mm-hmm. They're from external uh, external, organizations that want to push an agenda on everybody, right? And we're talking, of course, about the WEF as a big hand in this. World Economic Forum. The United Nations and the European Union, as I found, I mean, they're the ones that are facilitating and pushing this on the European countries. So really, we're we're, the we're in the, the same boat, we have boat, different
0: country, different yeah, dialect.
1: Exactly. Different language, different food, different buildings. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings. Same story. Same story. Yeah.
0: So where, where have you been in the Netherlands, can you, <laughs> please. Well, people want to know, you've been here for 10 days in total. So
1: I've been to, oh my goodness, you're probably going to have to help with this, I've been to oh, Friesen, well. uh Yare, I've been to some names that I can't even begin to hope to pronounce. Uh, I was, I so spent I said, time let, in let
0: the people ta- at home laugh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no,
1: no. Uh, I spent some time in The Hague The Hague? Den Haag
0: And Den Bos Den, Den Bos uh, Where else were we? Oeknaar uh, yeah. We've been in Jouren We've been in Heerenveen uh, uh, Den Haag Amsterdam and Haarlem And yesterday we went off to Zandvoort, to the beach. There's another one in there. Who or something? Hoogfein? Is that the one?
1: Somewhere in Groningen? Yes. Up north, yeah. Yeah, up north. So I've been all over the place. We've talked to lots of people. Uh, We've talked to farmers. We've talked to politicians. We've talked to uh, uh, a a data expert, which is... I never even thought of that, but that was amazing. And we got a lot of information. And it all... It all helps.
0: Yeah. So you've spoken to Van Hagen, who is an opposition party leader for PNL, uh, from mm-hmm. the interest of the Netherlands, if the translated. Yeah. And yeah. that guy,
1: for, for the people that are watching, they're like, oh, I would never support politicians. I don't like politicians. I want to point something out. Yeah. There are people that are becoming involved in politics, uh, and they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like, Vibram, for what I've said, he would be totally fine. He doesn't have to do this. He's doing it because he knows something's wrong. He wants to make a change. He's so, an entrepreneur and he's in politics. Yeah. So he, he wants to change up things. Exactly. Anybody who's doing that sort of thing and they they stand to lose something, but they really don't stand to gain much. And no, I'm sorry, but a politician's wage is not worth losing things for. It's not an impressive wage. Yeah. Um, those people need to be supported. They really, really do because that's how this is going to change. We can protest all we want. We can do educational campaigns at the end of the day, the people have to go and use their voices when they vote. Yeah. And not just when they vote. I mean, they got to get involved in municipalities. It's one way
0: system. to go into the system and change it up. Yes. It's not the only way. It's one way. And we need those guys in politics. Exactly. And, and we, the, uh, the politic guys need somebody on the street to put on some demonstration, hang up the flags. How many flags do you... Do? All over the place. Yeah. <laughs> the, the turn the turn upside down for the sign of distress somewhere. And that's, that's giving... Guys of politics, some fuel to ready up. Give them the from. courage. Give them courage to do the right thing. Correct. Uh, uh, you went, so you went to Van Hagen and, and Den Haag. We had, you had Roar Herring. <laughs> <laughs> not not a fan? No, that is nasty. I think it's not nice. Then you went down to Den Bosch, where the big farmers protest came in. Therefore, they, uh, the government wants them to rebuild model of uh, uh, sheds where the livestock is in there. Yeah, they want them to upgrade
1: the floor in their barns again. Now get this. What they're asking them to do, um, right now in the dairy farm, when the cows make their waste... Am I I, drinking fast or what? I'm just talking too much. Okay, that's it. So when the cows make their waste, i.e. shit all over the place, which is what cows do, Now, the floors are graded and the waste goes down through the grates. Uh, They can wash it down into the grates so it's nice and clean and it goes into holding tanks, and then they use this to fertilize their fields, okay? So that's how it works right now. But all of a sudden, in the last three years, the European Union, at the the request of the WEF, has gone on a crusade campaign against ammonia and nitrogen, of all things, or nitrates, sorry. So now the government is saying, if you want to have dairy cows, you have to have floors that basically have check valves. So when the cow shits, it opens up and the waste goes down and then it closes back up like this so that the ammonia can't get out. And you have to contain the
0: ammonia and have filter systems and all of these crazy things. Air filters, scrubs in it, but that and the only means more uh, loans by the bank. It, yeah, it's more cost to the farmer, it's more cost to the consumer,
1: it's more taxes to the government, yada, yada, yada. Very expensive. Most farms cannot do this. And
0: it's even worse that they just finished upgrading their barns a few years ago. In in, in the eighteen nineties, they had to remodel the, every ten twenty years. They need to remodel something on a farm because new politics come in. But now now they're weaponizing it just to um, strangle uh, um, farmers and just yes. give up, leave the farm where they will raise. Yes. Every, every race. Up a third, fifth, sixth generation. Just leave, pack your things, sign a contract, yeah. don't farm anymore. It seems like it will never be good enough unless they, they
1: talk about we have to reduce CO2 impact, the pneumonia impact, nitrate impact. I don't believe that's the case. I think it's never going to be good enough until we reduce human impact. It's period. The, yeah. Now, I've learned that um, the plan for these farms, if the, if the farmers can't afford it, the government has a 29 billion euro bailout fund. So if you're a farmer, you can't afford to upgrade your farm. You come to the government, you say, this is crap, yeah. I can't do it. Hell oh, don't me. worry, it's okay, we got you. Mm-hmm. We're in this together, we'll buy your farm. Yeah. And it's not probably what you want, but we're going to buy your farm. You have to sign here saying that you will never be a farmer again, ever. Yeah. You cannot farm in the Netherlands anymore if you do this. It's like the Canadian mortgage buyback program. Basically, you go to the government you say, uh, I can't afford my mortgage anymore. The government says, don't worry, we got you. We'll buy your house for you. And the only... Catches you have to now own nothing and be happy. You can never own a home again. That's a way to get property rights away. Now, what the government here wants to do with the farmland, uh, I've heard some of it is set aside for corporate farming, huge corporate farms. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine who's going to own these farms. I've heard Bill Gates has been buying farmland in the Mm -hmm. Netherlands as well as the United States and other countries across the world. That's a whole other can of worms. We're not going to open it.
0: But one third of the land in the Netherlands is owned by farmers. So if they want to expand the citizen sites, how they want to do it is a different story maybe. But they need grand, land to build houses or flats or, or industrial areas to maintain it. So, and that's... I look at that as grounded insurance. Maybe it's not they're going to use for now for houses or for roads or whatever they want to build. But at least they have it already. If they need it, they can use it. Or selling it for more money. But
1: there's another side to it. It's not just that they want to move farmers off their farms and have big corporate farms. Uh, they also have a plan. And this is from the European Union. Uh, now I, I hope I get this number right. But they said that you need to
0: reduce farms by 70 to 80 percent depends on what kind of area they are but they uh, need to reduce 95 percent i always explain it like listen up on the end of the month if you're working for a boss you're getting your salary and that's a 100 percent imagine if you're not getting a 100 percent but five percent of that salary and that's the five percent ah you're yeah you're talking about the ammonia yeah with them, yeah for example but it's uh, for five percent of your salary, you can't pay your house, you can't pay your children, you can't buy food anymore, so what that's the only option is to give up, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing with the uh, farmers if they're uh, if they're polluting if they're talk, if we're talking if we are talking their sentences. 100% and then and it's up to 95% of reduction. Which is on an island where there's no farms. but, but that it is more, it's on an island as well but there are several locations as well. So if you need to reduce five, 59% of the 90 it compares with uh, if your livestock is 100% you only have 100, 100 cows for example, it reduces to 5% cows, 5 cows. Yeah, and you might be able to make up 5% with but some modest improvements, but nothing that's going to save you. No, and with that 5%, that you can't earn enough income, so you will be bankrupt. Exactly. So, And that's another incentive of the government to pressure it on.
1: They're squeezing farmers out. They're, they did it with fishing, and we'll talk about that in a minute. They've done it with sheep farmers by protecting uh, wolves and we'll talk about that in a minute. They're done with dairy farmers by telling them, and chicken farmers by telling them they have to change their, their barns. They're pushing them off their farms. Yeah. And what I this is a different metric, what I'm talking about. Um, I read something about the European Union saying that uh, 70 to 80% of the farms need to be returned to nature yeah. in order to meet the sustainable development goals. And we're seeing this in Canada as well. The government's not coming out and saying, this is what we're doing. They're they're thinly veiling it behind other initiatives. Like in Canada, it's, we to need charge. to take this land, this big piece of land, and make it a, a federal nature reserve because of the elk. We need to do that. Yeah. But really what they're doing is they're trying to remove human impact from 70 to 80% of the land. And I don't know about you, but we need that land. Yeah. We need to feed people. People are already starving. Right, We need to use that land. Not only do we need to use or it, it's, it belongs to us, it's ours.
0: It's, uh, but then again, it's, it, you should don't touch somebody else's property mm-hmm. or or things that they own. It's not yours. It's not the government It's owned by the person who had worked his ass for it to earn it. Yeah. And then the government is coming in and they say, it's not, it's not, it's, it's like a casino. Now it's, now, now your money is us yeah. from us, bye-bye. Well, one of the unsustainable, uh,
1: aspects of society, according to the United Nations and W.F., is personal property, private property. That is unsustainable. It doesn't have a place in the in the in the for record, it's in the an... built back better. It doesn't exist. Anymore.
0: Correct. So that was for the farmers' process down in Holland in the south, and then hey, and then mm-hmm. What have you been doing more? We're, we've been in Alkmaar to a freedom demonstration. You've yeah, been I'm, drink, drinking in Amsterdam and Harlem? Yeah, not too much, though. Just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. We're, we're old. I mean, we. I'll spoon for yourself.
1: Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Look how slow I'm drinking my wine. Yeah, or I'm thirsty. Yeah, probably. Well, I'm talking more. Okay. Uh, what else am I doing? I, t- I talked to a sheep farmer. Yeah. And the reason I did that is because he is also affected by bad government policy. Government is telling him that a wolf that used to be in the Netherlands, which was ejected, expelled from the Netherlands so that the people could farm, which was what we had to do. Yeah, we didn't um, have any wolves left
0: over and now they're bringing in the back.
1: Yeah, and that wolf is more important than the farmer and his family and his, and his farm. It's that wolf is more important. Protect nature. And this goes back to at all costs. We need to repopulate these wolves at all costs. Well, what's the cost? Is it a few lambs? Is it a few sheep? Is it a child? Is it farms being shut at, down because they can't cost? manage the wolf anymore? They uh, don't care. They don't care. There, there's a reason why we, why we master the environment and the climate we live in the way we do as human beings but because it, that's how we survive.
0: It, it hurts them back. It's. I, I'm not sure I've, I've been. To, uh, told you that, but uh, Angela Van der Leyen, the unelected European uh, boss, mm-hmm. has two tiny horses, and they've been killed by wolves. Oh yeah. So their own. It's. It's horrible, of course, but their own policy will hurt them as well. It will. So it's, and and it's, it's hard it's painful to see a a sheep farmer who's giving his life for his livestock, working his ass off. And then you, next morning you come in your land and you see dead sheep. Well, imagine this, picture
1: this, it's going to be terrible. Um, Imagine you're a shepherd. And you go out to check on your flock and you come across a murder scene. Mm. Now you're walking back to your home with seven lambs, which is what he said. Seven lambs, seven, seven baby sheep, innocent, just cute and whatever. And they're half dead, shredded, ripped apart because these wolves came in and did this. Like they didn't come to eat. They did it because they're dogs and that's what
0: dogs do. Have right? fun, have fun. while Exactly. Buy something.
1: And you can't euthanize them because the government tells you, That the only people that can deal with this is an organization called B12. Mm -hmm. You have to call them. They have to come there. They have to test everything. Then they have to euthanize your animals. And this is after hours of them suffering. And then they go along their way. And not only that, but they don't answer your questions when you're asking what attacked my animals. Because the farmers want to know, is this the heritage wolves that belong in the Netherlands or were from the Netherlands? Or is it some hybrid wolf that we're not concerned about? Because they believe in protecting nature, they believe in na- managing nature, and they want to know, but they won't tell them. Yeah. And then you, I ask them, well, why don't you guys get the test done yourself? Test your animals, find out what kind of wolf DNA it was, and then go from there. It's illegal. Yeah, They won't tell them. It's top secret. The government won't tell them. Yeah, And maybe it's a conspiracy, maybe it's not. But in this case, I think that it's important that if the government is telling us they need to do something for a specific reason, that they're open and transparent about it. Yeah. Right? We should know and we should be involved in the conversations because those farmers, those are the ones that have developed the the, 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 the land. What
0: we still see in all over things is we need to give up our individual, right? We need to give our passport, digitalize everything, tell everything to the government what we own or how much we spend on on whatever. Mm -hmm. And... And the government itself declares everything a secret. Yeah. Why and not, this is all I'm telling you.
1: All to the point where the impact
0: of human life is mitigated from the planet. Let, let me make sure the government is here for us. They're we're spending a lot of money to pay them to do the right thing, and they're working for us. They need to implement. Every uh, they man, should maintain roads and, and make sure the lights were on on the roads, but don't interfere behind the front door. That's our life, and there we're not working for them, they should work for us, and that's why it looks like, and, 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 and we see it all over the place, that we need to work for the government, but it's not an aerolian world. How much taxes do you pay here? I don't you want um, how much taxes
1: On average. What do you what do you figure people in, in the Netherlands?
0: Depends if you work for a boss with well, somewhere between the forty and sixty percent of your salary and then and everything is taxes, water, groceries, yeah, they, they tax pay, roads.
1: I can't believe you pay tax on your food, the basic necessities of life.
0: Um regular food is nine percent, a luxury alcoholic stuff is twenty one. It's included about so, the price at the cash cash register pay up. So I'm gonna say, you work for the government. I feel like that's the way. I, it's,
1: that's the way it's gone.
0: I I feel like a broken guinea pig. Who's even nice saving where you can set, put up all your coins where you save some piggy bank. But yeah, like like a broken one. I, that's what I feel I feel like a wallet to the government. That's when I was an entrepreneur. You're not. Maybe yeah. You see that? These are all the blue envelopes, and every envelope is is a. Um, tax check by the government not a check a bill a bill and you should pay them within two weeks otherwise you got a fine and the the amount of money that i'm i'm spending and i was an entrepreneur restaurant entrepreneur it was great i get 10 20 of this each week so it was it's month it was it's madness so and and uh The cost of living in Holland is really expensive, but yeah, it's a bit my father and my grandfather uh, Parents who work their ass off to make this land such beautiful as it is. So I won't let them uh, Steal it from us. I won't Neither will
1: I Because it doesn't really matter if we're in uh, the Netherlands or in Canada We we have the same rights as human beings Mm mm-hmm and those rights include the right to own property, to have things, to work, enjoy the fruits of our labor,
0: and if you and, work hard you need to have something over left over, yes yeah. and time money or And we shouldn't stuff.
1: we shouldn't be reduced to picking up the crumbs of what's left, right? We have you've been giving me so many examples of what the government here has done in spending money poorly. I could do the same thing about Canada they've been allowed to run... The wolves are in the hen house, so to speak. Yeah. And they've been allowed to be in their... Literally. 20. We don't... Ha- yeah, literally. We don't have much left. And we there's no reason that we should be paying... Uh, in Canada, 65% of our income, on average, as a Canadian, goes to the government in one way or another in our lifetime. 65%. There is no reason for that. And it actually makes things even worse. Because if
0: we're... If we... And here it feels like every euro that you earn, 90 cents is going to the government. And it it may very well be like that. Mm -hmm. But
1: the problem is, it, it reduces our overall prosperity way more than people understand. Uh, because that money is going to bureaucracy, and they're paying themselves decent
0: wages, and there's a lot of them. It, it, it's, but it, it's working its way around. It, even when you're having a family, wanna try to have a family? A child costs a lot of money, and yeah. every child adds up. Mm-hmm. So if you wanna have a big family, yeah, you have to be, have earn the money to uh, support that. Yeah.
1: And, and make it's even worse because at one point, Europe had a lot more industry here. Mm-hmm. You guys did a lot more here and now it's overseas. Same with Canada. And the reason for that, in my opinion, right now minimum wage in Alberta is $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. Same, um, same, if, if, same about it, 12, 12 euros. I would say the, the median wage in Alberta is probably about 70,000, mm-hmm. 70,000 Canadian dollars. Uh, if we're paying 65% over you know, the course of our life of everything we do in taxes, fees, regulatory, administration bullshit, that means that we really only earned uh, like $25,000 yeah. in a year. Now, in order to meet our needs, we can't exist on that. We have to make more. So our wages have to go up, which makes industry unable to compete on a global market when it comes to manufacturing. So our manufacturing is done in... in uh, in India, in in Mexico, Indonesia, all over the all over the world. China, because, yes, in jurisdictions where they don't charge sixty five or seventy percent tax, or government is supporting them. Yes, yeah, so we lose our jobs, we lose our prosperity, we lose all Intelligence, these things. but no, how a certain group of people get rich in Canada. We have a million federal workers, a million people work for the federal government in Canada. That's one person for every thirty eight people work for the federal government. Now you pile on provincial governments, municipal governments, and all the little organizations. It's like one in 11 people. One in 11 people are in governance. So a minimum of 10% of our wage has to go to that. And it's actually more because the average wage we make is much less than the average wage they make. So probably closer to 20% of our wages is going to pay other people
0: who are supposed to be doing things to benefit us. In the Netherlands, uh, we're almost now at 18 million people. There are in total 4 million people working for the government, and only six mil- 6 million Dutch citizens earn the money to support everybody in the Netherlands. Holy crap. This is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it is. We want to have a smaller government. Less interference, less rules, and we have that, but... The- told you how many people we're getting every month, every year, every month, 10,000 more uh, state employees. East. For if what? you If you cut away
1: everything, all of the issues that we talk about, doesn't matter what it is, COVID, health measures, farming practices, everything, and you just get right to the very core of it, and all you're looking at is math. Mm-hmm. Just math. Is it reasonable or sustainable to have six million people working and earning income and course. four million people sucking on the government tip of course not
0: of course not it, it, it isn't and uh, the only thing is that they're lo- loaning more from financial institutions it's not a bank but a, the companies or whatever but tra- i'm going to translate that Borrowing from our children's future. That's it. It's, it's where we're uh, breaking in them, their guinea pigs and how much we're spending, how much lesser and fortunate they are. So in, in, in the long run, when when I uh, when COVID came in, it's like, I'm oh, maybe a half year, 10 months. But it's, it's taking way longer, of course, and that's, that we recognize that after half year, this is a longer fight than, uh, than we anticipated. Um, and then you see how much we let go already in the last decades, on rules and regulation because we were asleep. But now, now is the time to fight, it's not fist fighting, not to fight back. Yeah, yeah, because now,
1: We've let it to, We've let it get to the point where we don't actually have our rights anymore unless the government says we do. And then, I hate to say it this way, but the beautiful thing about the COVID time is that it forced people like me and people like you and millions of other people to open their friggin' eyes and look at what was going on around them. Yes. When we started to see people, when you started to see those people in the protest getting hit with sticks and then shot and water cannons, and you're like... What the, what f- the heck? Focus. We live in a free country. What are we doing? This is not China. It happens really, yeah. And that's where the hope lies is that as time goes on and things get crazier and crazier, more and more people open their eyes. And and my hope is that enough people open their eyes and get involved to make a difference so we can change this because we have, we have two options. Democracy. Democracy is not perfect, but it's what we have and it's pretty damn good. As long as people are involved. We have democracy or not democracy. Democracy is peaceful by its very nature. If you go against democracy and try and change things outside of it, I can't think of one instance throughout history where that's been peaceful. So we're have a we at a crossroads here. Get involved in the best thing we have to this time, which is democracy, or don't, and roll the dice and see what happens. I want to go the democracy route.
0: Hmm? And... Even that's the of course, that's the thing. Most voting counts. That's what I'm I'm am aiming And it's that I rather have my opinions and my ideas, but if I'm the only one, who am I to judge for somebody else? Exactly. But if there are more, I'm happy to join it. But that's the whole aim and all game that where the common sense is growing on all the alternative uh, the other alternative platforms is is to inform the people and make the right decision and Eventually, when somebody hits his head and think, "My God, what's going on?" Um, we only need just the right amount of citizens and people to turn this around, mm-hmm. and that's the only way to inform them. Let them know there's something wrong, and what's wrong. Just explain. Do you know what a murder hornet is? Mm-hmm.
1: So there are these giant, creepy space oh, alien wasps yeah, 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 that live yeah. in Asia. Um, they'll go in a beehive. Yeah. And they used to go in a beehive and they would annihilate all of them. They would rip the bees to shreds, eat them all, whatever. It was just, I mean, it was like a horror movie. Yeah. And it was just a small minority that did that. It was one or two of those murder hornets in a beehive of hundreds or maybe thousands of bees. But at one point, the bees realized that if they communicated to each other, they were the majority and they could take control of the situation. And so they, and they did and this is one thing—the <laughs> murder S- hornet set is falling down. <laughs> this is one of those cases where we we, we literally watched uh, an animal or an insect change their behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in front of our eyes, and they work together, and they they actually just vibrate mm-hmm. and they release pheromones to tell all the other ones to vibrate. They get involved, they do their part, and they make their hive so hot that the murder hornet boils to death in the beehive, and they win. And that's where we're at. We can either continue to let the minority uh, global elitist come in and murder us from the inside, or we can get together and work together and change it. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we should boil them though.
0: No. No, probably it not. Doesn't sound as a really nice soup. Dumb <laughs> 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 soup. No, 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 no. I, 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 the only uh, I, I hope it will be peaceful, and that's the what we're always aiming at. I hope it will be peaceful. And I hope the government will let us be peaceful.
1: Well, all of the violence we've seen to date has been from the government. It is.
0: And, uh, yeah, yeah. Both yeah. our countries. We've been called names, we've we, been we, we sticks at dogs, water cannons. Yeah, they literally threw sh- dogs sh- into the crowd. And by, yeah. But it's, it's. It doesn't matter, sometimes it doesn't matter, it's not only in the Netherlands, it happens in Canada, it happens in Australia, it happens in Germany, it happens in Austria, it happens in Spain.
1: It happens in places we don't expect it to happen, in democracies, Commonwealth countries, it happens, it shouldn't happen. We expect it to happen in countries like China, you know, but then my Prime Minister says that he admires China's basic dictatorship and how they can go and beat their citizens with sticks and force them to be compliant and impose environmental social governance So that they have to follow the rules to exist in in society. He admires that.
0: Yeah. uh, Sometimes people are really mental ill, They need to go to a shrink. At least.
1: Yeah, he does need to go to a shrink.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kerry and I would say he's a dink. And that means? A dick. uh, You can just say it in Holland. How do you say it? But maybe not from the YouTube translation. (laughs) 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 Who is he? A dick. (laughs) (laughs) Well... So uh, then we went to Olegmaar to a, a freedom protest. Then we d- drove all the way up to Jouren. There was a, uh, a, a Christmas decker, Christmas farmer truck. And the parade. Yeah, we, we watched that. Uh, you went. Sleep somewhere somewhere else yeah <laughs> I, uh, I was invited uh, to
1: who is now my friend her name's Erica her home she's also got involved in this and she's doing uh, great you know, stuff journalism yeah. stuff Erica trying to do... is doing some yeah. great stuff she has her own channel as well and uh, I, I made a lot of good contacts up there met her wonderful children they're mm-hmm. amazing and you know I ended up in the sorry That's okay I ended up in the Grand Central Freedom Station yeah at one point that was pretty cool, and so it's uh, it's been a really good experience, a really good trip and I hope that me being here will have some impact here, and what I'm bringing home will have some impact at home because you know when you're fighting on two fronts, it's much easier, and if we watch what each other's doing, we see our failures and we see our successes, and we can
0: adjust our the one thing i I was happy to invite Chris is because our Dutch government doesn't like um uh, platform or media or attention from outside the Netherlands. Ah, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, some we need to tease our government a bit and keep them awake, so don't fuck up and screw up. So, cheers on that. Cheers. On more freedom. Mm. Then we went to a secret location in, where the guy was... Grand Freedom Central. Here we are. Yep. What's that? Oh, that was pretty cool. It was, yeah. eh?
1: Pamphlets and newspapers and literature and all sorts of things. You, you, see,
0: the flyer, maybe you see the flyer hanging uh, uh, from the, the Great Reset. Is this yeah. one here too? Yeah. He's, he's, that he's, one here too? Just show them, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Gezond Verstand is it's printing out magazines and flyers and stuff. And he's uh, getting people in and, and informing them. Educating people. Educating. But them. that's what we need. We need people in politics. We need people on the street to demonstrate and inform. We need uh, new networks, new news networks, alternative news or the other news. And we need people who are financing. Yeah, that's, that's one of the most difficult ones and it should be the easiest. If you not, don't have enough... Money, I can imagine you can't afford to donate. But well, the it- reason
1: I say that is because some people—we each have our part to play.
0: Right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, in Alberta, there are two thousand people, yeah, who could literally—and these are individuals or corporations—who could write a check for one million dollars, yeah, and that million dollars wouldn't even be missed; it would be considered a rounding error on a tax return. That's how much money they have. There's so much money, and they know something's wrong. But they just maybe they don't know where to do it. But they they could literally they could change the entire path that this whole thing is on. Right? Make it. Donating, easier, at least yeah, easier. donating to an alternative media channel or uh, financing certain educational campaigns or whatever. Yet they don't do it. So that's another part of the education. Maybe
0: they're chicken or uh, the, the, the or scared of getting canceled. Yeah, but that's that's a human decision to make.
1: I suppose it isn't as easy to do as I thought. You know, like maybe they're it's worried hard. about losing their business, losing their income,
0: whatever. But on the end, you're losing the business anyway. And yeah. if it's not, if you're not a former and standing in front of the line, you're standing the in, in, in back of the line. But eventually, it's your turn against the wall or somehow. Yeah, or somehow get in with the.
1: You know what I mean? Become the pigs at the table, the yeah. humans. Right? But then, then you're making money off it. You're selling your soul. Huh. Well, we don't have to go down that path. We can, we're, we're in town. I don't want to
0: go, but it's uh, still we're and that's why I always explain, we're a democratic country. And if this, if that's the majority, so be it. Then I'm a lonely voice, but I, I know we're not. I know it's not. And when you see it in the numbers, how many people are going on our website. We see, many, if, if there's demonstration it's massive. And it's
1: growing. 125,000 people follow my Facebook page because of what I'm doing. And I'm nobody.
0: Yeah. Like, But that's that's a, that's that's a compliment as well. Because something you're doing something right. People want to follow you. Or they want to see the train wreck. One of the two. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, I'll be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how you want to see it. Is there something that you want to point out? Like you said, this is something that I, uh, uh, I, thought, I saw in the Netherlands and I want to say something to the Canadians or vice versa?
1: Well, to Canadians, I would say pay attention. Um, as a Canadian, I've watched things happen in Europe over the course of my life and I've thought, what the heck are they doing? This is going to be horrible. They're going to be in pain next year or the year after, whatever. Terrible policies. Why would they do this? Oh. Well, okay. I guess they're doing that, and time goes on, and we see it happen. We see people can't afford to heat their homes. They can't drive their cars. They're paying way too much taxes. There's shortages of things. It's insane, and it should be like that. In Canada, we're a little bit behind Europe culturally and uh, globally. Culturally, I don't understand that, but so well, 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 we are. I mean, we we're a little bit behind what Europeans are doing. It's, and in, including politically, so if, you, if Europe is imposing a policy uh, this year, Canada will follow suit and they will impose that maybe in a year or two down the road. Yeah. So what's happening here will come to Canada, <coughs> there is no doubt. And there's hundreds of examples of that through yeah. history. So we got we to gotta continue pushing ahead and doing what we're doing. And one of the big things I'm doing is I'm involved with a group called the Alberta Prosperity Project, and we're working on education within Alberta uh, and saying, listen, we want to be prosperous, this is what the problem is, this is what the solution is, this is the truth that you need to hear, will you join us? And most people join us. Um, In the Netherlands, there's this huge freedom resistance. But the one thing that I see, and maybe I haven't been here long enough to see it, is missing is that educational arm—a group of people that are dedicated to just bringing this message out to community to community to community, right? Having a supper and sharing a message, your concerns, a plan, whatever. Um, if that education starts happening now, because you have an election in three months, yeah. If that happens, in, elections. Yeah, if that in happens now, January. you have an opportunity to take over those institutions that are now your tyrants. Yeah. And, and educate people as to why they need to get involved, get good people in government, and start making changes. Um, so that that's that's what I would say to the people of, of Holland. Like, you know, do everything you can to get organized and work together towards the common goal, which is making sure that everyone has the freedom to make their own choices. And knowledge, with
0: knowledge. Sometimes, sometimes there are local. Uh, Groups coming together in a form, but it maybe, maybe it could be better. Yeah, well, maybe could be. I've met some of them and they're all awesome, they're doing wonderful things. Like,
1: this is just fantastic, but it's got to go to everybody in Holland. Everybody has to get this message and they got to get it in three months.
0: Yeah, yeah, so get involved (laughs) and go out and vote. That's what I'm saying. It's sometimes people are beat until uh, they're saying, "What? What's the point? What's the point?" That's what I hear a lot. Like they're beaten so many times for so many years. That's saying why I should go out and vote because it, it doesn't make any sense for me. Like that, like, it's it's at le- Then my reaction is at least it's one way to change it. You're right. And I was thinking like
1: that a few years ago as well. But what I've seen in Alberta, we we got together. We unified. We started education. We started on, on two fronts. Um, how to be a prosperous Alberta and how to work with politics. Groups formed and they did that. And they traveled all across Alberta and brought this message out. We fired our premier, mm-hmm. the leader of, the, of Alberta. Replaced the premier with a freedom-minded premier who I've had the opportunity to have supper with. She's a good lady. Um, we... Got rid of a whole bunch of the provincial board of directors within the political party and replaced them with freedom-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. We've changed policy. We've we've got groups together who are going to every political meeting and taking over, literally taking over and installing good people, so that when it comes time to make policies, we can make our policies. So it is working and it can work. But and why I say democracy is not perfect because it depends on people taking action yeah. giving up some of their time and being involved. If we can do those things, we will win because democracy, the majority rules and the majority of people, it doesn't matter if you're in Canada or Holland, we want to be free. We want to live free and we'll fight for that. Yeah.
0: A hundred percent. That's what I think as well. So what would you say to the people in Canada? Okay, uh, really good question. Just continue to ha- look, find up, support uh, people in in politics, support alternative platforms, support uh, uh, protest leaders, and go to the demonstration. Send out emails to uh, government employees that they're doing something wrong or they're doing something great. Just let them know that you're supporting them. Um, just behind a laptop and giving a an reaction is maybe not enough and there are lots of options, go out to a demonstration, financially support, go into politics uh, uh, or inform, uh, be a journalist to go out and, and what what, um, uh, what Chris has been doing just go out and do a live stream and tell your relatives and maybe your, your, your following is growing uh, but do something at least. Just not sit back and take everything because that's what we have seen before. I guess that's 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 the whole deal, the whole idea. Democracy needs voices; otherwise, it doesn't work. And and some t- and w- the other thing is life is a bitch. It is. You have to make fun of it. You have to enjoy it, and you have to make something out of it. And it's always your choice. And if you want to do something good, make an effort. Exactly. I agree. That's what... The...
1: Well, thank you, Chris. My pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate you uh,
0: accommodating me for so long. <laughs> I, really, uh, I really love to do that. And it was really fun to meet you and have you over here and to talk to you. And you were a really good guest, so Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. People at the home, if you found this really funny, give us a thumb up, share, uh, share this broadcast. If you want to do something extra, you can go to jaspercsv.batme.org. You can donate five euros a month or five years and more uh, at, uh, at one time. And otherwise, yeah, just leave a reaction. If you want to support this, you can go to Facebook, The Whistle Stop Cafe, Mira, mirror alberta Alberta, is there another way how they can support you
1: you know that's that's pretty much it i've uh, I actually i also have a web store for my business yeah so you can go to whistle stop mm-hmm. and you could buy a shirt you could buy some gift certificates for my restaurant and give them to your friends whatever you know we uh the best thing people can do for small business is to support the small business by allowing them to provide you products and services
0: I will make sure the link is in the the description so uh, uh, and everything what we have been talking about is in the description. Thank you for watching this uh, The Common Sense Talk, I'm Jasper, thank you Chris for coming to the Netherlands. and I will speak to you soon next time. Enjoy Christmas and have a really good week. All Christmas, all the Christmas trees